All right. Good morning, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Thank you for that good word, Robert. Um, the things that he mentioned, the things he talked about, we are living in the end times. These are the signs of the times. Jesus talks about it. <clears throat> and we need, to, uh, we need to be prepared. We need to know where we stand and what the truth is. We need to know uh, what, it's, what it's about and speak up against those kind of things because uh, it's becoming more and more real. Now, I didn't see the things that you were just talking about there, but I hear it and I do see other things as well. I try to uh, watch and observe as much as I can because I don't want to be ignorant of it. But uh, at the same time, um, I think we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this morning is resurrection morning. And what a beautiful morning. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Jesus, the resurrected Redeemer. That's the title of my message. And I believe this morning, I don't know how you find it, but as I read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, as being the disciples of Christ, I find that in John chapter 20, he has probably um, written it the best or described it the best. And I, I always like reading uh, <clears throat> here in John concerning the uh, resurrection, Easter morning, the resurrection. <clears throat> and so that's what we're going to be doing. The title of my message this morning is Jesus, the Resurrected Redeemer, taken from John chapter 20, the first 18 verses. And, um, you know, we're, we're celebrating the greatest day of all days throughout the year. You know, we have, all of us have birthdays. Um, several, you know, most of us have you know, had weddings, uh, we had anniversaries, uh, we celebrate 4th of July, we celebrate Thanksgiving, we celebrate Christmas, all, those are all good, they're fine, but I believe this morning that the greatest celebration, the, the, the celebration of the greatest day would be today. I, I think we need to um, make the most of it, because this is, this is a very very important day um, right after you know following the horrible the horrible um, crucifixion that our Lord and Savior went through and so we're going to read here the first 18 verses and then I want to uh, go on into the message from there the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. And so they ran both together. And the disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, 
you know, John went way ahead. Uh, he, he must have been able to run like a deer ahead of Peter. And, and he, you know, here comes John, went in into the supper, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they know, knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down, looked into the sepulchre, seeth the two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know now where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, and she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Now, as I read these first 18 verses here of chapter 20 in John, I see some individuals who are, you might say, scared, they're fearful, yet at the end, they're excited. And I don't know how it is with you, but uh, thinking of my own experiences, you know, there's been times in my life when, when I, I was uh, scared. I, was, I didn't know what to expect. And yet I was excited at the same time. Um, I remember when, you know, I don't know why it is, but you remember when you first started going to school. You know, I was scared. Um, because back then, this was, you know, this was in the uh, late 60s, early, mid-60s, late 60s, I started school, and everybody rode the same bus, whether you was a first grader or a high schooler. They didn't have a high school bus, a middle school bus, and a kindergarten bus, and all that kind of stuff. You know, right, you know currently we have about four or five buses going down our road. But... I was scared because of those big guys on the bus. <coughs> Yet I was excited because I was going to school. <coughs> and then the time came when I was old enough to, to be with the youth. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't know what, how they did things. I didn't know what all took place, you know. And so I was kind of scared. Um, but yet I was excited because I was old enough to go with the youth. <coughs> and then, lo and behold, you know, I ended up 
finding this wonderful girl who I, uh, who I spent a lot of time with and uh, then we talked about getting married. You know, and then again, I was, you know, inside me, I'm like, wow, you know, am, am I really ready for this? I, I was kind of, you know, nervous, but yet I was excited because I was getting married. And, uh, you know, just different things like that throughout your life. I'm sure you all have experienced those moments of, of uh, being kind of scared, being fearful. Well, that was the case here with John and, and Peter and, <coughs> and Mary Magdalene. You know, when, when uh, Mary came to the, or, uh, to the, the tomb there, sepulcher, what, what did she see? The very first thing she seen was um, that the stone was rolled away. And um, immediately she turns and runs back. She was scared. She was fearful. You know, and uh, coming. It says, uh, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. We know not where they have laid him. <coughs> Excuse me. But at the same time, Peter and John, you know, hearing this, probably thinking, what is the matter with her? Is she losing her mind? You know, Jesus is dead. <clears throat> Thank you. Jesus is dead. What, what, what are you talking about? <clears throat> and so Peter, being who he was, he, he took off and ran, you know, him and John, well, he came first to the sepulcher, and the first thing he, you know, stooping down, he looks in, saw the clothes, and uh, Jesus was gone. And then comes John. And we see here in the scriptures that um, the napkin, you know, the, 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 the thing that he was uh, wrapped with was just as it was, if, as if, you know, the shape of his body and, the napkin was folded and it was in its place uh, about his, you know, scripture says here about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And uh, in, in studying that here some time ago, um, they, they say that, you know, when the, when the napkin was folded, that meant that he was coming back. It was a, it was a sign that, uh, you know, it wasn't just just laid on on there and and the same way with when they had uh, a feast or gathered around the table you know if the napkin was folded that meant that they were coming back well that's the sign that's what they they seen here and you know um but you know mary and <clears throat> and uh, peter and john mary magdalene they still i believe were very uh uh how would you say the right word? They, they just, they couldn't grasp it. Even though Jesus told them that after his, you know, after they kill him, after they put him in the tomb, he's going to rise, uh, you know, rise in, in three days. I, I think that they just kind of, uh, they kind of, they didn't think about it. Their mind was just blank. And so here they were, the tomb was empty, and uh, they were sitting there, standing there, but Mary stood without at the sepulchre, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. You know, what a, what a, uh, 
Can you just picture with me this morning what an exciting morning that was? Wow. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, whom they hated, they spit on him, they, they beat him, they whipped him, they nailed him to the cross. And as he hung there, he bled and died for you and I. And then they took him down and laid him in this tomb. But he didn't stay there. This morning, he is alive. This morning, he is alive. <clears throat> the 20th chapter of John's gospel uh, and his verses are given as a portrait of Jesus, the resurrected Redeemer. We can see in these verses that, that Jesus is very much alive and well this morning. And so, as we celebrate this truth, the truth that Jesus uh, lives this morning. I'd like us to take a few minutes to look uh, at these verses and a fresh glimpse of the resurrection of what it means to every one of us. First of all, we want to we want to notice here in the first couple verses, Mary, Mary at the tomb and then um, her devotion and also her darkness. Um, first of all, her discovery when she came to the tomb. A good while before, you know, it's still dark, the Bible says. And when she arrives, she finds this stone rolled away. And uh, she runs back to tell Peter and John. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> her devotion to Jesus. You know, Peter and John went away from the tomb, but Mary stayed behind. To weep and mourn the loss of her Lord. Why did she stay? You know, when you look at that, when you read those scriptures, it was because she loved Jesus. It was because she loved Jesus. The Bible tells us that Mary had been delivered uh, from a life of deep and dreadful sin. Back in Mark chapter 16, verse 9 says there, now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven, uh, seven devils. She loved Jesus for what he had done for her, uh, done in her life. She was devoted to him. And, you know, when, when we are a follower of Jesus, when Jesus is Lord of our life, that's how it will be. We'll love him no matter what. No matter what. <clears throat> Mary sets the right example of love and devotion for all the followers of the Lord. You know, her darkness, um, first of all, Mary had her eyes, she had her eyes focused on the physical evidence rather than on the spiritual answer. All she seen was an empty tomb. It never entered her mind to consider the greater truth that <coughs> Jesus was alive. You know, we might well weep with her, but for the truth that he is alive and no longer dead. Oh, if it were true that Jesus was dead today. But you know, in 1 Corinthians, what does Paul tell us? Chapter 15, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, 
we are, of all men, most miserable. Many of God's children live as if they believe Jesus was dead. There's no joy. There's no excitement. There's no deep burning desire to worship and serve the God. You know, Robert talked about those who, who uh, you know, they've rejected God. Just simple as that. They're not living for him. They're, they, they're living a very selfish life. <clears throat> May I remind you this morning that you and I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We serve the very one who went to Calvary. The very one who allowed those Roman soldiers to drive those nails into his hands and his feet. And three days later arose from the dead. To live forevermore. Alive. Praise God. You know we should, we, we should be rejoicing this morning with Mary. Um, when she finds that the tomb is empty and Jesus is gone. And so with that in mind, let's determine that uh, this, this Easter morning that <coughs> we'll no longer hang our heads in brokenness and sadness. How does your relationship with the Lord Jesus move you in your love and devotion of him? If he is genuinely alive and is living in your heart, there will be a manifestation of his presence and of his joy in your life. And then we come to Mary at the tomb. The messenger at the tomb. Their presence. Talking about the two angels. Their posture, their picture, their plan. First of all, their presence. There was two angels. The Bible tells us here that in verse 12, after Mary looked down, you know, looked into the sepulcher and she see two angels in white. The one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And, you know, two is the number of, of uh, witness. And these angels have been dispatched from God to bear witness to the truth that Jesus is alive from the dead. Their message is a message of absolute hope and perfect assurance. Matthew 28, verse 5 and 6, Matthew records it this way. And the angel answered and said unto Mary, who had come to the sepulcher, unto the women, what did he say? He said, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He doesn't stop there, but he goes on to tell us he is not here, for he is risen. As he said, <clears throat> and then he invites them to come in and see the place where the Lord lay. Isn't that something? That's what this angel did. He invited Mary and Mary Magdalene to come in and see the place where the Lord lay. Their presence was real. It was for sure. Their posture, the posture of these two angels, sitting, 
is a, it's a posture of absolute peace. You know, if the body of Jesus had been missing and if there had been trouble at the tomb, you could be sure that <clears throat> these angels would have been busy, yet they sit as if to say, all is well. All is well. Their posture explained it all. They were sitting there in peace. Their picture, a picture of rest. These angels appear to be a perfect rest. It's as if they were telling us, the work is over. We can all rest now. Jesus has risen, has gone back to the Father in heaven. <clears throat> and in fact, every other little uh, other time, angels are pictured about they're busy. They're shown carrying messages, dispatching enemy armies and attending to the business of God. But here at this moment, they're at rest. What a lesson for us this morning. Jesus lives. He's alive. You can rest from your labors. God doesn't want you to try and please him for salvation. He doesn't want you to be uh, you being good to get into heaven. He wants you to trust the death and resurrection of his son Jesus and nothing more. That's all that matters. <clears throat> and then their plan. Verse 13 says, And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Simply asking her a question. Because Mary didn't understand. She was, you know, weeping for the one that she dearly loved. She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Their question is designed to turn on a light inside of Mary's head. As if, it is as if they were asking, should you be weeping? Doesn't this empty tomb uh, call instead for rejoicing? I'm trying to remind her? But Mary, like so many of us, Seem determined to live by sight rather than to walk by faith. Often we fail to discover deep spiritual blessings because we refuse to look beneath the surface to see what the Lord is trying so desperately to reveal to us. Okay, that brings us to the Messiah at the tomb. Mary's confusion the confrontation, the call, and the command. First of all, her confusion in verse 14. When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. You know, if you could just picture with me here this morning, here's Mary who came to the tomb to get her, um, to get Jesus, and she finds him missing. And she's confused and doesn't understand what has happened because she's asked the, you know, the angels uh, and, and Peter and John, you know, where, where have they laid him? Where have they put him? You know, and uh, when in, in her weeping, she realizes that she 
isn't alone at the tomb. And she sees a man standing near her. But doesn't recognize that it's Jesus. She continues weeping. And, you know, that's how it is many times with us as people, as God's people. We get confused and we fail to see that Jesus is near. He's right beside us. He's, he's right there. And we fail to call out to him. <clears throat> you know, we have his promise. In uh, Hebrews 13, 5, where he says, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Yet we fail to see him in our circumstances time and time again. Well, in the confrontation, Jesus now asks Mary two questions that are designed to expose her to the truth. First one was, why weepest thou? Why do you weep when you could be rejoicing? And I believe that goes for us. You know, why do we um, weep? Why do we mourn? And uh, I think Jesus wants us to be rejoicing. And the second question, who are you seeking among the dead? Why do you look for he that is alive among those who are dead. You know, the people in that day were, were dead because spiritually they were dead. But here Jesus was alive. These questions were designed to remind Mary that Jesus is, number one, the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 11, verse 25. He that believeth in me, he says, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He also says, it was designed uh, to remind Mary that Jesus is the prince of life. In uh, Acts 3 verse 12, when Peter saw it there, it says, He answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye so earnestly on us? as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. You know, Jesus gave his spirit so that we might live and have life. <clears throat> and number three, the one who would lay down his life and take it again. He told us in chapter 10, verse 18, no man taketh it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have given, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. You know, it's interesting to note that Mary had turned herself around after, you know, she heard Jesus speak there, speaking to Jesus, and continued to stare into the tomb, weeping. Her eyes were just fixed on the empty tomb instead of looking to Jesus. And I think that's how it, how it goes with many people today. Their eyes are fixed on an empty tomb. They're not fixed on the risen Savior. And then we have, last of all, the call. When Mary doesn't respond to his questions, 
What does he do? The Lord simply calls her by name and tenderly says, Mary. This isn't the voice of the creator calling the creature. This isn't the voice of the master calling the servant. This is the voice of the shepherd calling out to a struggling sheep. And when he did that, when he did that, she recognized him. She recognized his voice. John chapter 10, verse 3, we have the scripture there where it says to him, the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And then the very next verse, he says, when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. And that's how it was with Mary. As she sat there at that tomb. With this individual standing beside her. Whom she didn't realize. Not even thinking that it was Jesus. But when he called her name. She recognized it. And she recognized it. And um, She says here. Rabboni, which is to say master. <clears throat> yes, she responds to his voice by affirming her love and devotion for Jesus. And then we have the command where Mary must have flung her arms around the feet of Jesus. She was so happy. She was rejoicing. He tells her to stop, that his command is based on two great truths. There was no need to hold on to him, for he was alive forever. Jesus was about to become the ultimate wave offering before the Heavenly Father. And we can read about the wave offering there in Leviticus 20, uh, chapter 23, verses 10 and 11. Um, and that's a, another whole thing in itself. But when <clears throat> he presented himself as our wave of, he stood there as the first fruits, declaring that there would be more to follow. First 15, uh, Corinthians 15, verse 23, it says, But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they are they that are Christ at his coming. In fact, Everyone who believes in Jesus will live because he lives. Because Jesus lives. And so, as we come to the close of this message this morning, you know, first of all, we had Mary at the tomb. <clears throat> Peter and John running because of what Mary told them. And they get there and they are bewildered because... They ran in and they seen, you know, the, the cloth, um, the clothes that he was wrapped in. The napkin was placed there. Um, and then we have the scriptures where we had the messengers at the tomb, the angels who spoke to Mary. Why weepest thou and all that? The, the Messiah at the tomb. And when Jesus called Mary... He recognized her. And last of all, the message 
from the tomb. It's an unusual message. It's a message today that most people don't want to hear. As Robert said this morning, people that have rejected God, they don't want to hear that Jesus is alive. They don't want to hear that kind of uh, talk, that kind of um, speech. <clears throat> but here, Mary was told to go and tell the disciples that Jesus was alive and that he ascended back to the Father. It was to be a message of hope and blessing to those who mourned his death. <clears throat> this kind of message is not delivered every day. It's not something that's talked about. Number two, it's an unchanging message. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is alive. Talks about it in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. And we're still commanded to come and see, then go and tell. The world needs to hear from a people who have been to the tomb and know that Jesus is alive. The world needs to hear of the Savior you serve. Goes along with what Robert shared. We need to let them know. We need to tell them that Jesus is alive. And last of all, everyone who comes to the tomb and sees and who will place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved from their sins and be born again. That's what it's all about. That's why he came for. He came to save those uh, who would believe in him. Those who would place their faith in him. You know, in the 6,000 years of recorded human history, there's been many, many, many important messages that have spread across the country for people to hear and to know and to, to be aware of. But there's never been one that is able to take the place that the message of the empty tomb, that he is not here, he is alive, he is risen. Do you know the risen Savior today? Do you know Jesus this morning? Thank you. Father, this morning we thank you for the empty tomb and the risen Savior. We thank you, Lord, for this account and for these scriptures in John chapter 20. And we know, Lord, this morning that there was fear there. They were scared at first. And yet, in the end, they were excited because they seen and they heard your voice. And knew that you were alive. And knew that you, the, the tomb was empty. And you had arisen from the dead. As you said you would. And so our Father this morning. I pray be with each one of us here. As we go from this day forward. And as we continue this day Lord. In celebrating um, your life. The empty tomb and the risen Savior. I pray, Father, might you guide us into your ways and help us, Father, to, 
share the love and the truth that truly Jesus is alive to those around us and those about us. Be with us through the remainder of this service now. Pray for our Sunday school class, Sunday school time. We just pray your blessing upon each one who shares and the one who leads out, the one who teaches. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.